You're listening to the Far Post Perth podcast. News, views and banter on everything football. Welcome along to a Far Post Perth podcast. My name is Neil Sherwin. I'm delighted to be joined by Blaine Tread Gold and Donna Giffray for a chat about all the things that have been going on, I guess, both locally and across Australia in the recent months. Guys, how's it going? Yeah, good. Good. Very exciting. Daniel Sturridge. I never, I've never watched so much Liverpool highlights before in my life, but I've been checking him out. Chelsea highlights. Not that I want to really watch Liverpool, but um, hey, what a coup for Perth Glory. Yeah, it's massive. I think um, when we first heard about it, I was I'm like, oh, here we go, another Beckham, another Rooney uh, rumour coming out. It's never going to happen. And then it built momentum and I'm going, okay, this might actually happen. And it did. So it's awesome. It's good for a football fan in general, not like Perth Glory. I mean, just bringing him to the A-League is huge. Yeah, look, it's a, it's, it's a big name and a huge calibre of a player and I guess it's something that the league has been crying out for for quite a while, not just with Perk Glory but some of the other clubs as well. I think we've seen some of the um, the overseas imports have flattered to deceive, to be fair, in, in recent seasons. Uh, Donna, you've seen a few of them at Melbourne Victory. Um, and and uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a player who has so much experience with, uh, with top clubs. He's won the Champions League a couple of times. He's an England international that's played at the World Cup and the European Championships and scored in both tournaments. And he's got a really distinguished career. Um, I think it, I think one of the most positive things for me is, is that he's only just turned 32 as well. So it's not like we're getting him when he's pushing 40. And I know that there's concerns around injuries and, and you know, a bit of a checkered history with all of that. But we have to remember that we're the A-League. Uh, you know, you're you're going to have to accept that there's potentially um, a, a potentially going to be a flaw with a, with players to, to get them in. You know, players of this quality, and I think you absolutely say yes to bringing in someone like Daniel Sturridge. So I don't think anybody will have any complaints really. No, it's super exciting. Um, you just hope, and we, we, we talk about this every time we do get a big name marquee is, and that's always the legacy and getting these fans. We know we're going to get inundated with Premier League um, uh, fans and everything like that. Um, and it's I think the key is, once again, is trying to keep these fans as, as rusted on fans of whether it's Perth Glory or, or the league in general and creating a bit more of that connection. Um, so let's hopefully uh, we've learned a few lessons uh, about that uh, across the years when we have gone for these uh, these big names. Yeah, oh, I do tell you that point, but at, but, at the, but at the same time, um, some people you're never going to convert them so, uh, to be mm-hmm. Perth Glory fans. Um, does it really matter as long as they're coming to games and they're paying their way into the stadium? Sometimes it really doesn't. You know, if you bring in Daniel Sturridge and you get two years out of him, and sometimes and you don't see some of those people again, well, that's the nature. It's a, it, it it happens. People are then junkies. They go to games for entertainment. If you bring in Daniel Sturridge for two three years, the case is how you build on that um, in terms of building on the playing group, in terms of building on the 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 atmosphere and the buzz and all of that. And yeah, you might retain some, but. If you lose Daniel Sturridge after three years and then you bring in 
the next Daniel Sturridge after it, you're consistently going to have those day trippers. I mean, you look at Manchester United, Liverpool games in, in England, for example, they're not filled with people who live next door to the ground. They're filled with people who mm. go on a day trip. They go, they fly over and fly back in the same day. To, they go to the event. That's there. You, you need some of them to top up your attendance as well. And I was, I was having a look today. Robbie Fowler's first game when he was in Perth got 16,091 people against North Queensland Fury. Um, the first few Daniel Sturridge games is that's exactly what you should be you should be aiming for now I know the fixtures and um, we'll, we'll move on to that later on haven't exactly done per glory many favours whatsoever for the first six weeks but coming into summer and hopefully some nice evening games um, nice warm weather we'll uh, we'll get good crowds as well and if it's people that just come along once or twice or three times then hey so be it yeah 100% agree um, what you said at the start with converting the fans into Perth Glory members or whatnot. It's always hard over here. The market is hard here and there's only so much you can do. And I agree, like, too bad if they don't jump on board. If they're here for the year and they come to every home game while Sturridge is here, then awesome, they've came to witness. And it might, you might convert a couple of younger kids and parents that have been going umming and ahhing and all of a sudden their child's hero is playing here or whatnot. So, you know, it's the gamble you take, um, but... I, I think I was speaking to Gareth today at the charity game and he said the minute they announced it, he they gained over a 1,000 or something followers within 10 minutes on their social media. Like, that's insane. It just happened. Um, so it's the momentum's building and it's fantastic. So it can only get better from here and hopefully he stays injury-free and plays as many games as he can at home. And that's the other thing for me, Blaine. Uh, that I, I think that we don't really want to fo- uh, put an emphasis on it, but we have to, is the fact that he's a very marketable person. Mm. He's got 3.5 million followers on Instagram. And yeah, like uh, it, it shouldn't be what dictates a signing, but it's a nice little fringe benefit to have when you've got a reach like that. Oh, absolutely. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think from a business perspective, if you were to look at this, uh, you, you'd want some kind of return long term, not just short term. Um, and I, I think we'd be naive if we went into it just looking kind of short term. Uh, just That's just my initial initial thoughts. Um, but nonetheless, I'm not in any way shunning away from what a fantastic signing it is. It's absolutely phenomenal. And as you suggested there, the add-on uh, fridge benefits that it is starting to get uh, plenty, plenty of uh, press, not only uh, overseas, but um, hey, it, uh, it was Waffle Grand Final Day on Saturday. And I think there was uh, three pages that uh, knocked the, uh, the 30,000 uh, event in in terms of the waffle off the back page so it was a uh, phenomenal and that's that's what we've got to look at as well it's it's the off season in terms of the a league it's very difficult sorry the a league men the a leagues we'll mm. come to that as well later <laughs> on um, but in terms of our our season it's 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 not at its peak and to get that amount of coverage in the in the local paper is is very impressive and as you say it's been talked about um, worldwide you know I've had friends in Ireland talking to me about it saying that it's a it's a great pickup um, I, I I remember Daniel Sturridge when he came through at, at Manchester City in the FA Youth Cup when he was about 17 or so and scored goals in a run that got City to the final and he was so talented like the guy was just naturally brilliant could finish his left foot was was to die for and injuries have held him back over time but he still had a really strong career averages you know goal every three games at club level um had 
you know Premier League Champions League level it's it's huge and again a guy that's just turned 32 we do obviously have to throw in the, the caveat that he hasn't played for 18 months and he did leave Trabzonspor um, when his contract was was um, was cancelled following a four month ban for breaching um, betting regulations but it's not like he's been doing drugs or performance enhancing or anything like that you know it's it's a it's a yeah it's an indiscretion he was punished for it he's been training with Real Mallorca in La Liga side and by all accounts they wanted to sign him in January uh, but they, they didn't have a spot for him at the moment and um, Glory has pounced and I think we have to give a shout out to Brad Jones for doing bits already he's only in the, he's only back in the country uh, about a month and already he's played a big role in uh, in bringing in uh, a huge name I, I think this is um, the biggest name that Glory have ever had playing for them, I maybe you maybe maybe disagree. I'd go to say I'd, I'd go to say that it's probably the biggest name up there with Robbie Fowler, just in terms of, and that's no disrespect to um, uh, Del Piero either, but I think there's just a I lot more to say that. I was about well, to say that. Well, I, 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 and the, the reason the reason I say that is I'd say <laughs> is that the Premier League is a lot more watched in Australia than. Serie A, and that's the primary reason why, why I'd say it. That's why I think it's a, the, the, those two are bigger signings. Yeah. I, think, I think, yeah, Fowler, Fowler and Sturridge from a glory perspective. Um, Fowler was a was a Premier League um, superstar in his own right as well, and was it was a massive get to bring over to Western Australia. Del Piero for me is still the the number one. Um, I mean, you could throw David Villa yeah. in in terms of a name. But he didn't actually do anything while he was here. So, you know, you, you look at when um, I mean Fowler was 35 when he signed for for Glory. Um, Daniel Sturridge is three years younger than that. So, you know, we're we're arguably getting a player who's um, who was who was even in, in better condition than Fowler. And Fowler did have a very good first season with Glory when he scored goals and then moved on to um, on to uh, when he when he joined from North Queensland Fury. Sorry. So, you know, you you're looking at Sturridge coming in with with such a good background um have we like this is the thing i i have i have to just emphasize the the honors that this guy has and and is, is coming in on the back of that we're, we're looking at a player that he's won the champions league twice he's won the premier league uh he's won the fa cup twice um you know, this is this is a great, great pickup. He was in the PFA Premier League Team of the Year in 2013-14. Um, yeah, I don't. Know. I just think that we've we've not seen the like of this. And I, I've written an article for another another publication, which will be out in the next um, 24 hours. But one of the points I made in this is that like we've we've enjoyed Diego Castro for the last six years, but this will bring more eyeballs to Perk Glory than Diego Castro ever did, as good a player as he was. Donna. Yeah, 100%. No, I 100% agree. Um, but I do also agree that I ADP for the league in general was huge. The And the impact that Del Piero had after he finished, uh, just within the community and whatnot, he was still getting spoken of a year later, two years later, of what he did with the younger players and without the club. So uh, within the club, I should say. So something like that is amazing. I mean, Sturridge has got probably the younger generation now that know him. I know so many cousins that uh, they can't believe he's here. They're like, oh, we've just signed on to Paramount Plus so we can watch him play. Now, these people were never A-League, huge A-League supporters. They watched 
over back east, you know, just because they could. But now they're like, oh, we've signed up. We weren't going to because he's here and they're huge Liverpool supporters. So the effect is starting and you do need to capitalise on it. Um, and I think it's absolutely massive. So kudos to everyone at Glory that got him over the um, over the line. And someone like, you know, Tony Pinata, he seems to be able to pull in these big names Um wherever he goes. So, again, it's amazing and I'm, I'm excited to see it and I'm excited to see what, you know, what transpires um, well, over the year. I was just going to say on that, um, there's some really interesting audio which we'll get to um, on what how this all came about. If you want to have a listen to that, just head over and have a bit of a look at SENWA. They spoke to Tony Sage um, who also explained what happ- what's happening with um, Diego Castro as well and how that didn't um, end up uh, eventuating. Uh, but uh, the big man behind it was in fact uh, Terry McFlynn who noticed uh, a few things and uh, started to do a little bit of investigating in terms of uh, Daniel Sturridge's situation and then seemed to get uh, Brad Jones and Tony Sage on board with that as well. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's phenomenal, and it seems to have uh, um, come up with some decent results. So yeah, big congratulations to everyone at Perth Glory involved in getting it over the line. I, I disagree definitely with uh, a lot of credit to the club for for doing this. I think we heard about it. Was it Thursday morning? Mm. Um, we, we got a little mm-hmm. whisper, um, but apparently it had only been <laughs> in the pipeline for about a week, uh, a week before that, and it was kept very quiet. And, and then when, it, as Donna mentioned at the top of the show, you initially took it with a massive, massive, giant bowl tub full of salt <laughs> because we've been here before um, with some false dawns. But as the day rolled on and the talks were happening, it was initially played down that all others other clubs, you know, chasing a signature and Gloria are hopeful and all of this and. And then 24 hours later, he was he was uh, confirmed and told everybody that he was bringing a celebration uh, with him. I, I can't wait to be at uh, HBF Park and see a lot of lads in their 30s and 40s recreating that <laughs> celebration in the front of the shed. It's going to be highly entertaining and, and probably a little bit embarrassing at the same time. But it's, a, it's again, a celebration that's been featured in FIFA, you know, uh, on, on the console game. And it's a celebration that kids know around the world. It's very marketable. We gifts, his first goal in front of the shed is going to be gift around the world mm. uh, and, and and all of that sort of thing so as long as he doesn't do a William Gallas and air swing and um, <laughs> and lead to a, a goal for the opposition he's already an improvement uh, in that regard so uh, there's potential for a lot of viral content and um, some great goals he, he he tweeted one out himself the other day of his goal for Liverpool against Chelsea a few years ago that went into the top corner from way outside the box and that's what he's capable of and he's going to be running around in front of us in a few weeks time hopefully so really really good um but we'll uh We'll move on, and we're going to actually get the thoughts of one of Perk Glory's players around the Sturridge signing and everything else that's been going on in in preseason. So join us after a break, and we'll be chatting to one Brandon O'Neill. the Far Coast Perth podcast. As I mentioned before the break, we have a special guest with us and that's Perth Glory's new signing or returning signing, whatever way you want to look at it, Brandon O'Neill. Brandon, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having us, guys. Good to be here. First question, and it's the thing that's probably been on everybody's lips over the past few days. Um, what boots are you wearing this year? <laughs> <laughs> that's an absolute belter of a question. 
belt sort of a question. Nah, yeah, unfortunately, um, I, I've had to I've had to make a change in the footwear department for the last probably six seven years. I've been wearing um, quite a retro pair of Adidas Copper Gloros. Neil, I'm sure you're very uh, aware of them. Um, I've spent way too much money at ultra football the last couple of years. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I have also done that myself. Um, but when I was away uh, in, in Asia for the past couple of years, um, I've been battling terrible um, heel and Achilles uh, pain, and it kind of turned into a little bit of tendonitis and tendinopathy. And when I came back, obviously, to Australia, you speak the same language as people, you can kind of seek out the, the right personnel to fix problems like that. They um, yeah, they made mention of uh, the footwear that was in, and it was a, a very flat flat bottom, but not, not enough arch on it. And... Um, yeah, for for the I guess the the betterment of uh, my career, me me longevity, and and to give me feet, um, yeah, take the 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 taking care of them as as what they needed. It was yeah, it was time to to make a change. And um, although I dead set love me boots that I was in the the Copper Gloros, um, I'm in the Asics now, and it's something I probably should have done a long, long, long time ago because the difference in uh, how my feet feel and how they're operating um, is unbelievable, night and day. So I'll be uh, I'll be running around the L Asics boots this year, and uh, yeah, hopefully they uh, lead me in good stead. There you go. Any of your kids listening? It's not all about the, <laughs> the flash coppers and all that. There's a bit of bit of functionality in them them Asics, so that's what you can look out for, Brandon. Um, how are you settling in altogether? There was a game yesterday. Result obviously didn't go the way you would have wanted, but at this stage, it's probably just most most important to be getting minutes under the belt and a few new faces and that sort of thing. And um, what did you take of the game? And how have the the first the, well, the first couple of months of preseason been going? Yeah, look, I, I'm just loving being home. I'm loving being home, um, first and foremost, but I'm loving actually being a part of um, a group of people and an organisation that that want to actually become better. Um, and that was the draw card for me to come home, is, is to actually be at the forefront of a, of a process that could take one, two, three, four, five years to ultimately build up to sustain, sustain success for uh, for our football club. And whilst I was away and I've enjoyed um, some amazing moments in my um, football career here in Australia, it's probably something that's, that's forever niggled and saddened me as I haven't been able to enjoy sustained success uh, at my hometown club. And um, yeah, from from the outset, the the language and the the environment that's been created down there at the football club, and in our training grounds, and our um, the way we go about things, just the little details of day to day things that build a successful culture and a happy culture. Um, it's just been really, really enjoyable to be down there and um, being a part of it. And look, we're we're changing the way we think and the way we operate down there. And um, I think being a part of successful teams and successful cultures, the one thing I can, I can make mention is that they're process driven. Um, teams are, are not necessarily reliant on outcomes and they don't make that the forefront of whatever they have to do on a day to day basis to get there, but they're so drilled and they're so disciplined in the process of actually your day-to-day routines and your habits building towards, I guess, a championship and successful winning side is they uh, they focus on that instead of the outcome. And um, I think 
I think majority of the time it's that the world pushes you in a direction where your hard work goes and um, we're at we're only at the beginning stages of that as as player as people all we want to do is try get um better every day you know be better people first and foremost um and then hopefully that steers us into the right direction and becoming better athletes and like i said being at the forefront being at the start of that process um is really really exciting and, and something i'm i know i'm really going to enjoy um, Brandon, the result yesterday, obviously not what you guys wanted, but at this stage of the season, what's the emphasis on? Is it just on performance? Is it about fitness? Is it about trying new things? Um, what's the emphasis and what do you guys take out of a, a result and a uh, performance like that yesterday? Yeah, it's it's about control and what you can control. You know, going into the game yesterday, we 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 knew i guess the the situation that we're in the pitch the conditions everything got to do with i guess the environment that was created yesterday was all about control and what we could control you know it was a it was a 90 minute competitive game um we were very well organized we 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 tried to do the things that we've been working on and um the the personnel and for me personally that was my first hit out in 8 months and just mm. to be able to walk on a football pitch you know to prep for a football game, you know, and enjoy the actual daily routines that lead you up to playing a 90 minute match. Like I would have, I would have bit your arm off just to play a five side game, let, let alone an 11, 11 game down at Percy Doyle. So, um, I think that the way you can reframe things and the way you can operate, um, in, in a successful team is you just got to prioritize what the objective of each game you go into yesterday was our objective to go and win an FFA Cup final or a championship match yesterday. No, was I think our objective was to make sure we went out and we controlled what we could control. We did the things that we that were asked of us, um, and we got minutes in the legs that a person like myself that holds his hand up saying I haven't played a competitive football match in eight months. That that in itself in in itself was a success. So. Um, yeah, look, we, we're, we're well on the way to changing um, the way we think and the way we go into each individual match. And that's the most exciting thing because leading into round one, the amount of work that we're actually putting in, it's going to leave us in uh, in really good stead. Mm. Um, I'll get to the captaincy yes, uh, that you had yesterday and just uh, your experiences on that, Bank. But it would have been a while since you've uh, gone up against uh, some of the best in the state league. How did you find the opposition yesterday? Yeah, brilliant. Look, I've I've played with and played against um, a lot of the lads that played yesterday, and um, it was it was awesome. I loved it. I, I, I loved uh, the, the chats before the game and catching up with all the players. And yeah, first and foremost, they are talented players there. You know, MPL here in Perth, we have got some very talented players, and um, yeah, just to just to be able to, I guess, kick a ball about again with them yesterday was awesome. Um, brought back a lot of childhood memories, and um, yeah, the I think the quality of of uh, the personnel was very good, and and they gave us a very competitive game, which was um, which was all we were after. So um, yeah, just on behalf of myself and the club, I want to thank um, Chris Oler and the state team for um, for what they produced yesterday, and um, yeah, being able to to uh, give us a well a well competitive match. It was yeah, it was really good.
Mm. Um, you just have to excuse that. I think Donna's uh, Donna's boys are killing each other in the background there, but that's okay. Well, on your good things. Yeah, we can hear him. He's having a great time in the background. But we'll, we'll... I've just I've just told him to be quiet. I just purchased a new Nintendo game, so um, <laughs> I, I excuse that. He's very excited. I'm sure. <laughs> I've just told him to be quiet. All good. Hey, just a just a quick one from me, Brando. You captain the side yesterday. Is that something that you look forward to doing in the future? Do you see yourself as a future captain and a, a bit of a leader around the club? Uh, look, uh, first and foremost, I was just happy to be out playing the game of football yesterday. You know, and obviously, it's a it's a huge honour to be able to to walk the lads out. You know, knowing I'm uh, I've grown up here and um, I, I was in and around all the juniors and and made me a league debut for the club. And yeah, to be able to walk out and even in a pre season game to lead the lads was. Um, yeah, it was awesome, and um, I, I just kind of think if um, if we're all if we're all relatable, you know, we're all when when you just come to the nuts and bolts of it, we're all normal lads, you know. We we love kicking a ball around for a living, um, and we want to work as hard as we can to be the best versions of ourselves, you know, as as an athlete and as a person. And I think if we all stem in that direction coming into round one in this season, I think our relatableness to to people that come watch us, you know, people that pay their hard-earned money to come and watch the football club try succeed. I think that's all the per- public wants, and I think that's all me personally. I can I can promise them, you know, and um, j- just to be able to go out there and and uh, not necessarily lead by talking and shouting and doing this, that, and the other. Just leading by actions, and I think we have the personnel this year that. We've got a very, very tight-knit group. We've got a lot of good people at the club um, that want to lead by actions and, and want to lead on the pitch. And um, whether it's me, whether it's any other team member, um, anyone, you know, whoever's lucky enough to wear that captain's armband, as long as we're doing that and we're making sure that the people of Perth, the good football and people of Perth, come and watch us and they can see that, that's all that matters. Just one last one for me before I let Donna throw a couple at you, mate. Um, I guess we better ask you about the uh, the big inclusion that's going to be coming into the Perth Glory side, mate. What was your initial thoughts when you heard that? Yeah, it's not bad, is it? <laughs> um, it's, it's not bad at all, obviously. Um, I was very lucky enough to, to play against him for the pre-season, sorry, the end-of-season game when they came out to Sydney. And um, on his day, um, the, probably the closest... The closest I got to him was probably walking off the pitch at half time. He was that unplayable and that good. And um, all I hope is that he's a first and foremost, he's a good bloke. You know, he comes in and he and he um, adopts um, Perth's culture and the way we want to do things. And look, if if he's fit and he's healthy and he's half the player that I think everyone knows. Um, he is. I think he's going to be very successful, not only for Perth Glory, but for the A-League. So, yeah, to to say we're all excited is an understatement. And, um, yeah, we're we're looking forward to to welcome him into the Perth Glory family. That's awesome, Brandon. And, like, what are your thoughts on what's just been announced now with the A-League rebrand, you know, the new identity that they've done, the APL? We've got the youth and the women's and the men's all under the same umbrella. Uh, Obviously, for myself, being a woman in sport, it's it's great now that we're all under that. Um, But, you know, what is your thoughts as a player, knowing now we're all under the same identity um, in Australian football? 
Yeah, I think it's absolutely brilliant. I think it's something that that was bound to happen with um, the growing popularity of the sport, not only here in Australia but around the world. And um, it's something that needed to happen. You know, being being all under the 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 right umbrella. You know, everyone together playing playing the sport of football that um, not only young lads love, but um, men love, women love. You know. If I'm sure if we had a if we had a grandparents league or an auntie and uncle's league, I'm sure they'd be under the banner. Like it's 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 massive, you know, it's a massive thing and um I think it's only the start of what, what hopefully will turn out to be such a successful move in Australian sport and um yeah, long made them decisions happen because you can just see the growth in in so many different areas, not just the men's league, you know, and and um it's yes, yeah, I, I think just personally it's brilliant. There's a lot of questions, obviously, surrounding the fixturing this year. Um, you know, Glory's got it tough at the start of the season. You've got one home game and I believe four on the road over East. Obviously, with the border controls and everything like that that are in place in WA, I'm sure that had a huge impact on uh, you guys not having so many home games. How do you mentally prepare for these? I, obviously, for yourself, you've you've played um, across, you know, across Asia and here, so you've, you're you know, you're accustomed to it. But, you know, for some of the younger lads, I know that speaking to them, going on the road for four weeks in a row, five weeks in a row, not being in their comfort zone or around people that they're constantly around, how do you mentally prepare for that? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I think it's one of them things that um, in, in terms of like we're, we're trying to do down at the club, in, in terms of getting better and producing the best version of yourself. Unfortunately, it's one of them things that you have to be put on um, – under pressure you have to be put um i guess outside your comfort zone and and what an opportunity we've got at the start of the season to do that you know we have um an unbelievable um opening round fixture where we can get a packed hbf pack and and then we get to go on the road for four five six weeks where we we all get to go um be together you know we all get to experience um the away days and away travels and if you use that in the right direction and you and you bring the positivity that's needed in that situation, you can do a hell of a good as a as a group of individuals, you know. And um, yeah, I, I just think it's this season, and I guess last season as well, but particularly again leading into a bit of the unknown um, in the A League this year. I think he who adopts, um, I guess, a growth mindset and is he would adapts the quickest to things um, will have a massive performance edge on their rivals and that'll be no different to us at the start of uh, the start of the season we like I said we have a, a great first home fixture and then what an opportunity to go away pick up as many points as we can on the road and then come home and um, use that momentum into hopefully a, a few home games around uh, Christmas and New Year's and um, yeah try try to get off the, the best start possible I think we've got a couple of fan questions that were sent in and one of them was anyone obviously you guys have been training i think for for the last couple of months any youngster you can specifically say that you can see playing for australia one day oh wow is that that in in perth Mm. yes in perth someone that you've someone you're training with at the moment uh one of the young lads who do you think is who's got it yeah, wow, that's an absolute belter of a question because if I put I mean, you don't want to piss anyone off, so. I know, I know, I, and, I, and I can't really sit on the fence and be Switzerland and say all of them, can I? So, no. 
Um, nope, sorry. Let me think about that. Well, the, the one positive thing is what, what I can quickly add is when I was coming through as a younger lad, we were very fortunate if two or three of us were up training, um, I guess, at, at the age of, say, 17, 18, 19. And this preseason, um, compared to what I experienced, two to three players going up, make jump the first team, we've had 15 or 16 of them training with us. And that just speaks volumes of the younger lads coming through. Um, there's... I, I guess I could go into the midfielder corner here and um, pick out a midfielder that I can see a lot of myself in when, when I was young. And um, He's only young. He's, he's I think he's only just turned 17 and finished school. His name's Chris Donnell. And I see a lot of me in him. Um, and I think if, if he wants to, um, he can turn into a very, very high-quality footballer. I think you answered that very diplomatically. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Neil, take it away, mate. Yeah, there was a, just one for you around uh, the, your experiences uh, overseas and you know, obviously coming back to Perth. You've gone, uh, I guess you've gone full circle and you've obviously had that long spell at Sydney FC as well. How would you compare the standard of football in the K-League to the A-League? Is there anything that would really stand out as, as a pro, pros and cons? Yeah, it's uh, it's a different way of, of football, um, definitely different way. But one I'm I'm very I'm glad to experience. Um, I think it'll it'll hold me in good in good stead for the rest of my career. And I think here in the A-League. Um, probably not not a lot of people know this. We're very tactically sound. That we do a lot of homework on formations and and the way you want to play. And um, going into career, I thought obviously they'd that would be second nature for them. And it was a shock to me to go into training. And um, I guess they they focus on the the physical side of the game a hell of a lot more. That they are without doubt some of the fittest human beings that I've ever trained with or played with. Um, just a quick snapshot. We we say we played a, a football match, um, a K League game on the Saturday. That Friday, we'd have an 11 v 11 game against a university side, and the starting team would probably play 60 to 75 minutes of that game, yeah. and then be expected to play a full 90 minute game the following day. Um, it was wow. yeah, that was it was just something that I'd never experienced before in my life, and it was just normal. It was just so normal for them, and that's what they did. And um, the 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 running power of the lads and how strong they were, it was a real eye eye opener for me. And um, obviously, there was a little bit of tactics, and they they used formations and the way they wanted to set up and set pieces and this that and the other. But um, yeah, in in terms of the physicality they brought to the league and the running power of um, of yeah, I guess the of game to game, it was um, yeah, it was a massive, massive eye opener for me. There was a there was a question you kind of answered it was around how how much uh, did you know about, for example, Perth Glory when you were at Sydney FC? But if you're doing a lot of video work and and you obviously know a bit about the players and that kind of thing, um, that probably is is is, the, is how you would approach the game and you would know a lot about each individual player as well as how they play before you even go near a ball. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you 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 bang on. Obviously, I always had. Um, a little bit of more of attention on on the glory and um, being being from here and playing away and I used to love coming back to to HBF playing in front of family and friends and 
I think I was the only Sydney FC player that that liked the journey back home, back to Perth, back home. Um, and that's, I guess, that's a, another thing that we've got such an advantage over here in Perth is that, like, you, you make HBF, uh, I guess, a fortress. Teams don't want to come here, you know. Teams don't want to play here, you know. And you bring energy, you bring that positivity that you, you go out and you back yourself and you back the support around you. And I guess all people want to see is you having a crack, you know, and and if you do that week in week out and you follow you follow a process driven approach then normally it leads you in good stead and i think um yeah when you're preparing for when i was at sydney or i guess yeah the mariners or melbourne teams when you're preparing for perth um you're uh, straight away you you think of travel you think of a hostile environment you think of the time difference and you 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 almost think of them things before you come and actually think about what formation they're playing what players they've got who's in form what you know and you so it's already a little bit of a hurdle for a team before they even delve into um how they're going to yeah approach the game so yeah that's that's probably something i'm really looking forward to this season being in um being in that driver's seat rather than having to um to think uh, to think oppositely Brando, not a fan question, mate. Just from me, how good was Leeds last night? Yeah, it was great to get just a win. <laughs> you know, first win was was nice, and I think it was coming. Like I'm, I watch, I've obviously watched the games closely, and uh, the the lads have played up to what they were doing last season. But just yeah, just the bounce of the ball, ball, and a few decisions, the rub of the green. They just haven't had. Um, yeah, haven't had the best of luck, but clean sheet, one nil win. Hopefully, they can. Uh, yeah, that spurs them on to, to bigger, bigger and better results. Yeah, for anyone out there who's not aware, um, Brandon's got superb taste in football team, just just like myself. So, uh, yeah, just thought I'd throw that one in there. <laughs> for, for anyone don't don't get him aware, started. For anyone who's <laughs> not aware, I'll I'll try, I'll try, a helping it. hand from the VAR as well. So let's uh, let's not forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> keeper going on there for, that, for the one nil win, you'll take your three points. Happy days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all that matters. And um, just on on uh, just one thing that's come up this week is around the Socceroos and the latest squad announcement. Now, obviously, you've had a, a taste of that back in 2019. Do you see Perth Glory and the stability of being? At your hometown club, sleeping in your own bed every night, you know, apart from the obvious away trips. But is that a good springboard for you to potentially push to get back into that squad? Look, yeah, I'd I'd lo- love nothing more to represent me um, me country at any given moment. And I guess um, leaving Thailand and having um, having a, a, a big few challenges in, in I guess the the last few months leading up to where a decision had to be made. I think it was very important to have them conversations with loved ones and, and people you hold near and dear to you because they know you kind of better than you know yourself. And um, I guess the experience of being away and then having to make that hard decision when there was a lot of hard stuff going on or, um, around my family life. And um, it, it was quite evident that this decision to, to come home was bigger than football. But in order to get to where I want to go in my career, only still being 27 and coming into the prime years of my life, was um, I needed the environment. I needed the environment around me that, um, for whatever reason, everything was sorted so I could focus on what I'm good at. And what I'm good at is being the best person I can be and then ultimately being the best footballer I can be. And I knew if everything else was taken care of, whether it be my ma, whether it be my sister, whether it was um, my wife, that's just about to give birth to her, to her first child. And um, 
it was it was a decision that I knew if the environment was set up, then I was allowed to again control what I could control and be be the best version of myself. Um, all the pointers were pointing me home, um, and I'm very very glad to have made the decision because I feel like now I can. Even if I fail, and I, I'm open and honest about this, I, I don't mind if if um, I I can never get back to a Socceroo squad. But I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it everything and more to to make sure I I represent my country again. And um, yeah, it was it was a decision that you, you sit down, you, you mull over, and you you think about the pros and cons, and. Um, Come, come the decision to sign back here, I was um, extremely happy because it, it felt like the right thing to do. I think it's fair to say that there's probably a few people who, who feel you shouldn't have left in the first place and are only too delighted to have you back. So uh, I think it's a, it's, it's a great pickup for Glory and it really just sets, sets the standard of what, what type of player um, they can get in. You know, somebody that wants to be here, wants to be pushing the club on, pushing the, 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 the standards and the, and the targets and all of that. So, yeah, I think, I think it's a universally pleasing signing. We, we'll, we'll just wrap up with one more question. And this is another one that's not going to allow you to sit in the fence, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> so we, we've mentioned about Daniel Sturridge and we all know he's got a very famous goal celebration. So who's most likely to be first over and the best doing it with him? And who would be the worst player in your squad to give that dance a crack? Oh well, I'm I'm up there for the worst because I cannot move my hands and legs at the same time to save my life. Um, I think Aaron Calvers up there. He won't be doing that. He'll give it a whirl. Calvers is I know Calvers is a very good mate of mine, and um, we've played we played obviously a lot of football together. And Calvers would go up there and give it a whirl, but he'd be one of them that all the fans would be out filming because he'd be just be doing something that people just think, what on earth is this chap doing? Um, I'm, I'm just trying to think of the good dancers in there. Do you know who had back from left field? Young Joshy Rollins. Mm. He, he comes across as someone that literally does not care, but I reckon he'd be able to just flick out something mad and be like, oh, oh yeah, all right. So, yeah, Joshy's up there. And probably, you know, you've, you've got um, a new sign in Pacific. He's um, He loves a bit of a, a dance and a jig. Um yeah, I think there'd be a few candidates if 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 Dan the man um yeah bags his first goal round one. Um I think there'd be a few candidates that might let him do his stuff and then may may join in. But um yeah, if he scores I, I just might give him give him a high five, give him a little bit of a hug and then jog back to the centre circle and leave him to it. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Josh Rollins and his mullet doing the Sturridge dance has potential. Yeah, to, uh, see the mullet, global, the mullet. So if you can push that a little just, bit for us, that'd be great. That's it. The mullet says it all. If you're brave enough to have a crack at that, I think you're brave enough to have a crack at uh, yeah, Sturridge's iconic dance moves. Well, hopefully it is something that we see in front of the shed before too long and round one would be fantastic and then as you say hopefully a few games early in the new year and over the Christmas period it'll be, it'll be really really good and we're obviously looking forward to seeing both yourself and Daniel Sturridge running around HBF Park but we'll we'll wrap it up there and thanks many for your time you've been very good to us and uh, yeah I think um, we're, we're keen to see you um, in a competitive game for Perk Glory again it's been way too long yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, thanks for having us on, guys. It's uh, it's good to be home and 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 looking forward to to having a good crack. Um, yeah, getting this club to uh, to a, I guess a stage where sustained success becomes the new norm. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. Thanks, Brandon. Sounds good to us. Thanks, many for thanks, time. mate.
No dramas. Thanks, guys. Take care. That was Perk Laurie midfielder Brandon O'Neill. Very generous with his time and it was good to have a chat with him about a few different things around his career, about the upcoming season and he obviously sounds delighted to be back in, in his hometown playing for Glory and I think uh, it's fair to say that all the fans are very happy to have him. We're just going to touch on a few other little bits and pieces before we uh, we end the show. I guess it would probably be remiss of us to not mention the Diego Castro situation and Tony Sage has alluded to the fact that it's unlo- well, Diego Castro won't be coming back Super glory. We've had six seasons of the Spaniard. For me, he's the best player I've ever watched in the flesh uh, play for Perk Glory. Um, but all good things come to an end, Blaine, and he's uh, he's 39 years of age. The the Glory have have had a contract or offer on the table for him. He was on holidays for quite a while, and ultimately um, he didn't sign. So they've decided to move on. Are you okay? With yeah, that? I um, it's weird how it went down. I'm just going to play you a little piece of audio. It's just a minute of audio. It's Tony Sage on SEN just explaining how the uh, how this all went down and a few oddities that went along with it. One of the biggest um, um, disappointments, I suppose, uh, of this, we're only allowed to have five visa players and we left, as we always do, leave uh, Diego to make up his mind late. Uh, he hasn't trained with the players and then he doesn't usually start till about six weeks before the season. So we waited and waited and waited and when uh, we didn't hear from him, uh, we thought something was up. So look, uh, the opportunity to get Daniel uh, came along so, yeah, that does mean that, that he can't uh, fit into our squad uh, for this year. So, yeah, it's, it's extremely disappointing the way it has happened. But uh, we did give Diego oh, a couple of months to, to make up his mind and come back to the club. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't. And, uh, you know, we've got the, the scoop uh, uh, that I think every other A-League club would be envious of. Mm. So saying that, had Diego committed, say, a week ago or two weeks ago before Sturridge went on the radar, then you wouldn't have been able to secure the Liverpool player? Absolutely, yeah. If, 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 uh, if Diego had come back to us two or three weeks, so, you know, I don't think Terry would have been out there looking for another visa player. Yeah, that's uh, Tony Sage joining uh, SEN on Saturday morning. So uh, a little bit of insight there. It's all um, all a little bit odd, and it seems to have just gone a bit of radio silence on, on Diego's side of things. But um, it is the way it eventuated, and I guess a bit of a sliding doors moment in that respect. Very much so. I think we, I think we're owed a Diego Castro send off um, as supporters. I know that, you know, it's not the first time his contract was coming to an end towards the the, the close of the season. But we always kind of knew in the back of our minds that he was coming back, and the Castro has never been one to show up on time for preseason. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that if if it is the end, and, and so be it, and. It'd be great if he was still in Perth around the time of when the season kicks off in an ideal world. He'd be on the pitch and people could say goodbye to him and all of that because what a player for for Glory. I mean, anyone who got to see him play in person got, had a treat. He was one of the outstanding players in the league, one of the best we've seen. And, you know, you're always sceptical about what visa player signings are going to be like when they come in from Spain, didn't speak the language when he first came in, really. And uh, he was just phenomenal and grew into into being a club legend. And you can't ask for much more than six-year return from a player who's come in from Spain uh, as, as a visa player. So, and Donna, I'm sure that, you know, you've, you've seen some great players obviously at Melbourne Victory and we've had some across the league, like Thomas Broich and Milos Ninkovic, but Castro's up there with the best, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, 100%. He was, um, he was fantastic to watch, but 
you would think that this season probably would have been his last, you would say. I'm hoping that, uh, look, we, I think I said this last season as well, he takes his time to make his decision and whatnot and misses half a preseason and then, you know, comes in halfway through the season to play to get match fit and whatnot. I'm hoping that just because he's not going to be contracted, that something you know, there's a return, something, maybe some coaching or whatnot. But I know that his wife really wants to head back home. So that obviously plays a huge part of it. She's probably ready. They've done their travel and whatnot. Um, but I'm hoping that if they do decide to stay at least for another year, that there's something that he can do in the background. I mean, the knowledge that he can give and the creativity that he was giving on the pitch, should he be surrounded with the right people, was unbelievable. Uh, he was great to watch. Um I did feel last, you know, last couple of years, every now and then he did go missing and whatnot. So you could see he was towards the end, but he's no doubt up there with one of the greatest foreigners to grace the A-League, if not in one of the top five. Um, and I think it was a joy to have him here at Glory, and I did great having him. But uh, I, I hope it's not just a, you know, a see you later, sorry you haven't signed and we move on from it. I think the fans deserve something to say goodbye, possibly to, you know, your greatest uh, foreigner to come. And he deserves something, uh, you know, to say thank you for what he's done um, for the club and for the league, for everyone to watch. So I'm hoping it doesn't just end that way. You know, the family fun day is coming up in a couple of weeks, I believe. So maybe that's a chance for him to say, you know, thank you and goodbye and fans get their last chance to, you know, have a quick chat and, you know, say their thanks as well. So I'm hoping that's how it resonates. I hope he doesn't just pack his bag and he's on the first plane back home uh, because I think it'd be really disappointing if that's what's happened. Someone said that he'd fit. He's even he, he, he's even been removed from Glory's Wikipedia page already. It's devastating. Yes. <laughs> anyway. No, no. I was just going to say, someone said that he'd fit into the all-time Perth 11. I reckon he would walk onto the all-time A-League 11 myself. Uh, he's up there with that, with that top mm-hmm. few for me. Oh, yeah. Would have that for me as well. I know we've got a little bit of purple tinted glasses but mm-hmm. the, what he was, his ability with his, his ability with the ball and some of the goals he scored and the vision and the trickery and the balance and the vision just yeah second to none from what I've seen anyway so yeah for me it'd be a no-brainer to have him in that team even though there is some really strong competition um, just on the, one other thing to mention really is around the, the just a rebrand of the, the league and we touched on it with Brandon and bringing everybody under the one umbrella has plenty of positives um, Glenn we had a chat about it on your own mm show during the week my only reservation around it was losing the a little bit of identity for the w league because in colloquial terms the term a league has always just been at the a league the men's competition now it's a league women's and it fits under the, the same banner but when people talk about the a league instinct is going to immediately turn to the men's side of it and the w league had kind of built up a, a quite well respected and well-renowned brand across the country so to me, there's a little bit of danger of losing that. I personally don't have an issue with having A-League men and A-League women as a, as a, as a title, but just think that maybe we might lose a little bit something on the women's side. Yeah, I, I see exactly where you're coming from. Um, and it, But it, I found it really interesting that it actually sparked a, a bit more of a, um, a broader conversation. We saw articles coming out the next day of people were calling for the same thing through the AFL and NRL. So so it's something that's been on the sporting radar for a while, I, I think. And, um, yeah, I think, it, I think it works. It was interesting to see that it was all tied into, I guess, their digital channels and how they're going to work and how they're going to be streamlined. So I don't think what we've actually seen launched is actually the uh, the end-all and be-all of it. I think there's probably a little bit more to come in terms of trying to bring uh, not only the game under the same umbrella, but all the assets that go with it under the same umbrella as well. So there's probably a little bit of a watch this space in that regard. 
Are we going to ignore the fact that it's the same logo as the Adelaide Beauty Consulting? <laughs> Can we have a chat about that? <laughs> uh, it looks, it's very much alike, and I'm reading an article. I was reading an article that they haven't. Uh, ruled out taking legal action against the league. So it's quite no, funny. It's, always, a, it's never well, yeah. a, uh, yeah. It's never an easy thing. There was a follow-up article that they actually can't because they didn't have it properly registered. So I think it'll ah, be stored and take up stuff with that and they'll just avail of the publicity. But yes, it, I mean, look, it was, surely you do a quick image search before you, you launch something just to be prepared for that eventuality but yeah as you say never a dull moment and just another day just another day in the a-league um no they, I, I actually don't mind the logo i think it looks well when it's um used in certain ways and it's quite simple and hopefully will be effective so it'll be interesting to see what they do with with the branding of that and the publicity as we head closer towards the league it was a bit of a a bit of an underwhelming launch overall, um, from the way it's been it's been marketed. But yeah, hopefully there there's a bit more planned. So, um, but yeah, definitely a big shift, and it'll be interesting to see if some other codes follow suit as well. And because there's there's a little bit of pressure now to do so, uh, whether that's around the AFL or other other sports as well. So maybe it's football leading the way. Um, who knows? Um, but yeah, we've um, we've rambled on for long enough for uh, for this catch up. It's been really good to have a chat. Um, I suppose we'll have to do a little bit more now that we're getting closer to the season and we'll we'll try to do some predictions and all that sort of stuff um i suppose if anybody wanted to sponsor the podcast maybe we, we could all afford 189 dollar daniel sturridge shirt so <laughs> please get in touch if you'd like to throw some money our way uh that would be fantastic um but yeah, we're on um we're on all the social media channels at far post perth we're on twitter facebook instagram all of that fun stuff uh, it's been it's been great it's been a good week for content to be fair there's been some fantastic memes going around and videos and everything else so yeah definitely interact with us have a chat there the questions from the from from people have come from those pages so we're always about and always happy to take uh, both both um, positive and negative feedback <laughs> the customer is always right um until we block you and don't let us post, uh, don't leave us any more comments <laughs> And I'll blame. Good to chat again. Yep, as always. yep. Thanks, guys. Uh, always good to, to get together. And uh, as mentioned, we should do it a little bit more often. And Donna. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll <laughs> go back to the to the crazy in my house, um, and hopefully they're knocked out in the next twenty minutes. And yeah. <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful. Well, yeah, we won't leave it uh, too much longer before we catch up again. The A-League is scheduled to start in November. Hopefully everything goes to plan and we will have a season opener at HBF Park on November 20th with number 15, Daniel Sturridge, leading the line for Perth Glory. It has a pretty good ring to it. And uh, as much as it maybe is just a sugar hit for the league, it's one that we're pretty happy to have in our own back garden for uh, for the foreseeable future. But thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for all your support. And we will talk to you all again soon. Thanks for listening to the Far Post Perth podcast you can keep up to date with everything football by following us on facebook twitter and instagram at the far post perth